Jaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Today we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is a transformational experience. The Srimad Bhagavatam is a presentation by Srila Vyasadev, who is uh, called the literary incarnation of Krishna. Krishna is one, but he manifests himself into many so that he can enjoy pastimes. And one of his greatest of all pastimes is saving the individual souls who have somehow or other fallen into the lower energies of the material world. And it's not so easy to get out. So one needs help, intervention. And one of the main means of intervention that Krishna provides personally is the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's quite handy because humans like books and they keep them at home. Most books in the world don't help us to rise above the, the three modalities of the world, the lower energies, in which, at, at which time we are, at the present time, we're, we are ensconced. But the Srimad Bhagavatam does. It has stories, and it has instruction, which people like because we're used to hearing stories from the time that we're children. Hopefully your parents told you a story, didn't they? And generally, people are attracted to go to films because there's a story involved. and. We want to know what's going to happen, and we can also relate to people doing things that we might do also, but we can learn something by watching others. So there's stories in the Srimad Bhagavatam, and there are also instructions. People read a lot of books in, of instruction, like Think Like a Monk, or uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, and so forth. There's lots of instructions. We'd like to know what I can do to make my life better. The Srimad Bhagavatam has all of this. It has stories that teach. And it's speaking to us as a friend. And it's also, in many parts, very poetical. So it attracts the ear also. So in the story of the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a king who's in a tough situation. Even kings get in tough situations. This is one of the great lessons of the Bhagavatam. In fact, one might ask, why are there so many kings mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam? And one of the great teachers of Bhakti Yoga from antiquity says, because everyone thinks if I just become a king, then everything is going to be all right. 
But actually it's not. Because the issue isn't what our external circumstances may be, what designation I might have at the present time. Someone might say, you're king, or you're the richest man in the world. But the way that the material world works is that you can be the richest man, and then soon afterwards, not only the poorest man, but you can also become the most uh, notorious. In other words, just especially nowadays, all you have to do is find an email from 20 years ago, and then you lose your job. And you become, whereas you were a great hero, now you're not. You're despicable in the eyes of society. So that's the way the material world churns. And the kings are not exempt, nor the queens. Queen Kunti is an example. She had more trouble than practically anybody. And the Srimad Bhagavatam gives a lesson to show us not only how to deal with adversity in the world by watching those who dealt with it correctly and those who dealt with it incorrectly. We learn from uh, Queen Kunti how she took it, whatever twists and turns were there in her life as the arrangement of Krishna to purify her. And we learn from Purarava, Purarava uh, about what it looks like to be ridiculously attached. Pururava, what it looks like to be ridiculously attached in the material world. Oftentimes when people come to me and they say, oh, I'm so attached to such and such or so and so, I say, here, read this story and come back and let's talk about it. And they read it and come back, okay, I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Is that how I look? <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how you look. <laughs> You decide for yourself. So in that way, the Srimad Bhagavatam teaches us by giving examples of what can happen in the world to kings, to queens, what uh, the responsible person does, and how those who don't have a stake in the world paradoxically end up better off than everybody else. In fact, the speaker of the Srimad Bhagavatam is Shukadeva Goswami, he had so little stake in the world that he didn't even bother to stop and buy any clothes. He was like, "Yeah, I'm only here for a few minutes. I don't want to. I don't want to get into the style thing." And so he just didn't invest in the material world at all. Even when he was in the womb, he was not so inclined to come out because. When a living being is in the womb, that little living force may consciously be become aware that I've been here before. Have you ever been in that situation where you told somebody or you told God that if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again? And then you did it again. <laughs> and there you were sitting there going like, why did I just do that again? Well, that's the material world. And those who become evolved spiritually and come to a certain level of comprehension of their relationship with 
the supreme and who understand how sweet it is and how relishable it is and, and actually how there's a kind of anxiousness to there's an anxiousness to to please the supreme you wouldn't want to do anything to jeopardize the relationship or to do something unseemly in the eyes of of the person that you're trying to impress so it's that kind of relationship that advanced spiritualists have with with god with krishna they understand that he's a person and that he's all accommodating and just like parents when they're accommodating to their children the children have been taught what to do and at a certain point of their maturity instead of having to be told they think i'm going to do it preemptively to uh, please my parents so at the beginning of spiritual advancement one begins to think like this and most living entities who are in the womb the Srimad bhagavatam recounts come out and then forget they get overwhelmed even though in the womb they make earnest prayers this is a very painful situation to have had the opportunity to see one's plight and then to pray please let me be good i will be good i promise but then to come out and again be overwhelmed so shukadev goswami showing us how important it is to start early how early can you start when you're in the womb <laughs> don't take it for granted oh, i'll wait till i get out i'll wait till i'm 16. i'll wait till i'm 24. i'll wait till i have a job in fact radhagirid hari prabhu said people who start businesses and they say wait till i make a lot of money then i'll give a percentage he said they never do but the ones who say okay before i start this business then i'm going to give 50 percent that's just the way it is he said they give the 50 percent and they thrive more than anyone their life their life and their business has great meaning and he said oddly that they do better than most people too even by after giving 50 percent so one who realizes bahunam janmanamante gyanavam mam prapadyate vasudeva sarvamiti sa mahatma sudurlabha that everything really is meant for krishna i don't have anything in this world and someone might say well what happens if i surrender to krishna will he maintain me and then we might ask then who's maintaining you now tell you talk about when you surrender he's already maintaining <laughs> and Prahlad Maharaj said count up everything you have all your money the job you have the boss you have the car you have the house you have the water you're getting through the faucet the food you're getting the air the light count it all up it's all coming from Krishna right now it's not that you have to wait till you surrender to see if Krishna will maintain you just see right now he's already maintaining so the devotee who has this awareness remains in this surrendered state in every circumstances in every circumstance this morning when we sang amarajivan i was thinking why is this so sweet 
to be in this song, Amara Jivana, Bhakti Thakur, the great teacher of bhakti, is in a way uh, demonstrating how we should feel when we're approaching life. And he's singing a tale of woe. That's W-O-E. That I blew it. I'm so filled with bad qualities and incompetent in every single way. I'm happy when other people are miserable. I'm miserable when other people are happy. I'm always speaking lies. And then we sing it also, and then it feels good. Because to admit one's faults and to come to terms that, okay, I'm a prisoner here by my own choice in the material world. And then to have an inkling of hope that, yes, I'm going to surrender to Krishna. So Shukadeva Goswami in the womb says, I'm not coming out just to show us how dangerous the material world is. And then Krishna comes and convinces him, you can come out, you won't be affected. But even when he does come out and he's got the most exalted family on the planet, doesn't get many better than having Srila Vyasadeva and his wife there. He just turns around and leaves. And they're like, wait, wait, can we get just a little something? <laughs> Sacred thread? And it's like, he doesn't even turn back. That's Shukadeva Goswami. That's who spoke the Bhagavatam. He walked off naked. Didn't come back. Well, he did come back. Because he went to the forest. And then he realized there was something higher than just ignoring everything. Vyasadeva was very shrewd. He sent some of his disciples into the forest where his son was staying. And they began to recite verses from this book, the Srimad Bhagavatam. And much is made of this because oftentimes in spiritual teachings, there's a direction that is given that we should come out of the entanglement of the material world. And the material world is like negative numbers on a number line. But when then you get this instruction, just don't stay engaged the way you are, then you come up to zero. And after being in the negative numbers, zero looks very positive. But then someone will come along and say, yeah, but you're still at zero. <laughs> and so the Srimad Bhagavatam sings to us in our ears that there's something beyond zero. It's on the other side of the number line. It's positive. It's what you're actually looking for. But not only are you not getting it, it's putting you in, deeper, in a deeper hole. And you know what they say? If you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. So you come to zero, and then... There's the, the sounds of the spiritual world, and there's something to do. There's a service that one can do. So when Shukadeva Goswami heard this sound vibration of the Srimad Bhagavatam, he was enlivened, and he came back to his father, only for the purpose of learning the Srimad Bhagavatam. And after fully imbibing the Srimad Bhagavatam, he went off out of a sense of mercy that maybe I can give it to someone else. 
That was his only purpose in moving. And if that's the only reason you're maintaining your job and your house and everything else that you have in your life, that this gives me a base from which I can give mercy to others, then your house and your job and your money doesn't become a burden. And it actually is considered as part of the equation for devotional service. Not only that, you're not subjected to the same anxiety that everybody else is in the material world. And then Shukadev, by the arrangement of the divine, met Parikshit Maharaj, who had been cursed to die in seven days, and had gone to the bank of the Ganges, sat down with the intention of figuring out, what do I do with the last seven days of my life? Now, there's a lot of people who write little vignettes on the internet these days about people supposedly who in their last final days said what they wished they had done more of in their life. Have you ever seen these? Yeah, they say, I, I wish I had uh, spent more time walking in the fields and smelling the flowers and I should have baked more bread instead of buying Wonder Bread at the store. And I wish I had spent more time with family. And often people are quick to point out, it's like, nobody says, I wish I worked harder and uh, I was a little nicer to my boss or something like that. <laughs> but there's, so there's this inclination that one has to retrospect and say, oh, I could have done better. But the Bhagavatam gives the perfect retrospective preemptively. That doesn't make sense at all but it sounds paradoxical, but it gives us an opportunity to, to now look and see how can I best use my life? Because we can identify with Parikshit Maharaj in his seven days. He has seven days to live. And then, of course, we don't know how many days we have, except that we're going to die on one of these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So some have said, but we also have seven days. That's all we get. One of those days we're going to leave. So, by getting that perspective from the Bhagavatam and seeing how Krishna arranged for Shukadeva Goswami and Parikshit Maharaj to meet, we can know for sure that if we're sincerely interested in advancing in spiritual life, Krishna will make an arrangement for us because he's waiting there within our heart and observing our very psychic movements, our intentions. And devotional service means to refine and recover our intention for devotional service. It's a recovery group we're in here, in case you didn't know. We're trying to recover our intention. Right now it's lost. Oh, not for you, for some of us. It's, there's, when we recover our intention by hearing the intentions of Parikshit Maharaj in the Srimad Bhagavatam, his intention was, I'm going to use these days, final days of my life to understand what to do, what's my duty at the time of death. It's the perfect conversation. So Shukadeva Goswami, completely detached from the world, and not only that, he's learned the Srimad Bhagavatam completely from his father, and Parikshit Maharaj, who's desperately hungry for spiritual knowledge. When these two come together, these two personalities come together, then what results is the Srimad Bhagavatam.
And then if we have even a spark of interest in spiritual life, by hearing their conversation, then that spark will come through great and become a fire in our hearts. And we need that to be happy. You just can't be happy without it. Otherwise, we're sleepwalking here in the material world. And uh, before, I don't know, California used to be nice in the 1950s and 60s, even 1989 when I moved up here. But it's not, it won't work anymore. The whole material world's burning down. Everyone's fighting against each other. And it's wrecked. Somebody wrecked it. They broke the, broke the whole material world. I mean, it was already kind of messed up, but now it's broken. So don't uh, spend any more time here, and don't dally, and don't think, well, maybe California will go back to the way it was, and the world, and everyone. No, Bhagavatam says it's not getting better. It's the only thing you can do is to ignite the spiritual fire within your heart, and then change your occupation to one of giving mercy to others. Become an instrument for this. Learn it. Live in it. And give it to as many other people as possible. Then you won't get burned by the fire. And at the end of this lifetime, you can go back to the spiritual world. That's just a little introduction to what the Srimad Bhagavatam is. And I want to read a couple verses, if you w wouldn't mind. Only... I'm going to have to lift my mask down a little because my glasses are steaming up too much to see. Do you mind? For a sec. Just keep your distance. Uh, this is the preface to the Srimad Bhagavatam. It was written by Srila uh, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada who understood the importance of Srimad Bhagavatam and therefore brought it with him to America. He only brought a small part. But he, he was so bold that he went around selling the whole Srimad Bhagavatam before it was written. He'd have people buy it before he even wrote it. It's like, that's how urgent this was. And then he spent all his time, well, not all his time, but... He, he organized his schedule in such a way that um, he had time to write Srimad Bhagavatam, translate and write commentaries every single day. But that meant that he didn't have time for a few other things, like sleeping is one of them. So here's, here's the tenor of his voice. You'll hear why he presented Srimad Bhagavatam to the world. We must know the present need of human society. And what is that need? Human society is no longer bounded by geographical limits to particular countries or communities. Human society is broader than in the Middle Ages, and the world tendency is toward one state or one human society. The ideals of spiritual communism, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, are based more or less on the oneness of the entire human society, nay, on the entire energy of living beings. The need is felt by great thinkers to make this a successful ideology. Srimad Bhagavatam will fulfill this need in human society. It begins, therefore, with the aphorism of Vedanta philosophy, Janmad Yasel Yataha. 
to establish the ideal of a common cause. Human society at the present moment is not in the darkness of oblivion. It has made rapid progress in the field of material comforts, education, and economic development throughout the entire world. But there is a pinprick somewhere in the social body at large, and therefore there are large-scale quarrels, even over less important issues. There is, a, there is need of a clue as to how humanity can become one in peace, friendship, and prosperity with a common cause. That's a good sentence to keep with you when you're distributing the Bhagavatam. Yeah, there's a need of clue as to how humanity can become one in peace, friendship, and prosperity with a common cause. Srimad Bhagavatam will fill this need for it is a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. What's it for? It's for a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire world. Try saying that. It's, cultural it's a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. Go ahead. Yeah, so when you go out today to distribute Bhagavatam, you say, it's a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. Go ahead, try it. It's like poetry, isn't it? It's a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization. <laughs> Srimad Bhagavatam should be introduced also in the schools and colleges. Thank you, devotees all over the world who are doing that. For it is recommended by the great student devotee, Prahlad Maharaj, in order to change the demoniac face of society. Quoted here is a verse from the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, which was spoken by the child saint, Prahlad. Komara acharit pragnod harman bhagavatam iha turlabham manusham janma tarapya dhruvam artadam. Disparity in human society is due to lack of principles in a godless civilization. There is God, or the Almighty One, from whom everything emanates, from whom everything is maintained, and in whom everything is merged to rest. Material science has tried to find the ultimate source of creation very insufficiently, but it is a fact that there is one ultimate source of everything that be. This ultimate source is explained rationally and authoritatively in the beautiful Bhagavatam or Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is the transcendental science not only for knowing the ultimate source of everything, but also for knowing our relation with him and our duty toward perfection of the human society on the basis of this perfect knowledge. It is powerful reading matter in the Sanskrit language and it is now rendered into English elaborately so that simply by a careful reading, one will know God perfectly well, so much so that the reader will be sufficiently educated to defend himself from the onslaught of atheists. Over and above this, the reader will be able to convert others to accepting God as a concrete principle. Srimad Bhagavatam begins with the definition of the ultimate source. It is a bona fide commentary on the Vedanta Sutra 
by the same author, Srila Vyasadeva, and gradually it develops into nine cantos up to the highest state of God-realization. The only qualification one needs to study this great book of transcendental knowledge is to proceed step by step cautiously and not jump haphazard, forward haphazardly like with an ordinary book. It should be gone through chapter by chapter, one after another. The reading matter is so arranged with its original Sanskrit text, its English transliteration synonyms translation and purport so that one is sure to become a God-realized soul at the end of finishing the first nine cantos. The tenth canto is direct. The first canto is, excuse me, the tenth canto is distinct from the first nine cantos because it deals directly with the transcendental activities of the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna. One will be unable to capture the effects of the tenth canto without going through the first nine cantos. The book is complete in twelve cantos, each independent, but it is good for all to read them in small installments one after another. I must admit my frailties in presenting Srimad Bhagavatam, but still I am hopeful of its good reception by the thinkers and leaders of society on the strength of the following statement of Srimad Bhagavatam. If you like, we can sing it together. Tadvag visargo janatagha viplavo yasmin pratishlokam abadyabadyapi namanyanantasya yashon kitani yach trinvanti gayanti grananti sadhava. On the other hand, that literature which is full with descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, fame, form, and pastimes of the unlimited Supreme Lord is a transcendental creation meant to bring about a revolution in the impious lives of a misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literature, even though irregularly composed, such transcendental literatures, even though irregularly composed, are heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. Om Tat Sat, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. Okay. Let's take a few reflections, anything that you heard, that you heard from the person who talked to you. Yes, Naveena Prabhu, please give him the microphone as quickly as possible. Three seconds are left, less or your money back from this class. Hare Krishna. So Brajananda Prabhu was saying that the world is going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and that if we distribute his knowledge, especially in the colleges and universities, to the students, to the intelligence section, then there is hope. There is something that can be done. Thank you very much for sharing what Prajananda Prabhu said. There was a little... There's a, good to hear there's a solution. Oh, now he's going to tell what Naveena said. N Naveena said that um, it's a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization for human society. <laughs> the entire human society. For the entire human society. It's a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. So if we wake up at one o'clock tomorrow in the morning, <laughs> what's this about? <laughs> You'll say?
Good. All right. Training our armies here to go out. Okay, let's see. A couple more. Yes, Srivata. We have a think tank in the back there. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Yes. Um, so we had like a three-person group, myself, Govind Prabhu, and Radhakrupa Prabhu. That's and powerful. We were talking about, so myself and Govind Prabhu also noticed how at the end it said that that verse talks about that this contains descriptions of the name, forms, and pastimes of the Supreme Lord. And it's, I can't remember, thoroughly relished by honest men. Is that what it's? It said something about honest men. And I think that was a point that both myself and Prabhu... It's did. heard, sung, and accepted by honest men who are thoroughly... Uh, purified men who are thoroughly honest. Yes, Guru Maharaj. Yeah. And we were, we were um, appreciating how it's, how it's um, ultimately accepted by those who are honest. And it takes a level of honesty to be able to accept the, the, whatever is presented in Srimad Bhagavatam. And Radha Kripa liked the, the same thing. Cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of human society, and we started discussing about what culture was actually being presented, because I mean, it's I would say it's flawed to be like, oh, this is like Indian culture being presented or something, when really it's it's ultimately a, a larger Vedic culture that is being presented. And um, Radha Kapoor made the point that since it's a culture that's being presented, it's essentially propagating a certain lifestyle that is to be followed by those who want to attain the highest thing. Well, you got the foundation for a PhD thesis paper right out of those three minutes, didn't you? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, Malini. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Prabhu, we have uh, Omid here. Um, um, we met him at the San Jose airport yesterday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, and um, he just came to the table and asked, you know, what is this about? And uh, he said that I want to... Well, it's a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. <laughs> <laughs> so we told him about um, the, the bhakti yoga that we do here, and then uh, he said, I'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. And then I thought, I don't know if he's going to show up. <laughs> I was just waiting outside, and then he just showed up. Um, and he was mentioning how um, he's, he speaks Persian, and um, he mentioned how um, his quest in trying to understand different religions, and uh, he said that um, everything um, points to the same Supreme God. And um, he's just taking in all the information that you just mentioned today morning. And then he said that um, this opens his mind to a whole different philosophy. And um, he's very uh, intrigued by it. Oh, thank you. How do you say your name? Omi? Omid. Omid, Omid. Yes, with okay. the at the end. It okay. means Omid, ambition Omid. in Persian. What does it mean? Ambition. Ambition. Yeah. Spiritual ambition. Omid. Thank you very much, Omid. Okay. Um, yes, Sukeshwari. Oh, please. Okay. Hare Krishna. Uh, Sukeshwari Mataji, she also mentioned about the, that... Um, <laughs> 
sentence. It's a cultural that Srimad Bhagavatam. It's a cultural uh, presentation of the spiritualization for the entire human society. So I think I will just memorize it forever now. <laughs> and um, also, Sukeshwari Mataji, she was mentioning that uh, in Srimad Bhagavatam, everybody can find the answers for all the questions. So it's so deep, and you can read it forever and over and over again, find the answers. Yes. It's. Crisscross. She she actually made some very nice points, Prabhu. I I don't have all of them, so I don't want Okay. Yes, um, I like when um, uh, devotees are churning Srimad Bhagavatam together, and also it might be like few sentences, but everybody's um, highlighting like certain points, like from different angles. So this is how it comes up. Like when you read together, it's sweeter, and you can go deeper in the verse. Like what everyone is uh, can look from the different angles there. Yes, this is an excellent point. Could you bring me the uh, first? Uh, the Adi Lila volume one, please. And then uh, in the first chapter, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami quotes from the Bhagavad Gita 10.10. Just, it's right there in the first chapter. I think it's verse number 24. So in the first, in the opening chapter of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is the postgraduate study of the Bhagavatam, we have... Kaviraj Goswami, the author, who's quoting a verse from the Bhagavad Gita, which is uh, in, in harmony with our conversation today. And in that verse, Krishna says, Tesham Satata Yuktanam. So the first line says, Tesham Satata Tesham, those people, he's talking about those who are engaged in devotional service, who are spiritual practitioners. Satata Yuktanam. Means satata means always, and yuktana means they're always connected to me. They're always engaged. Yukta, uh, yuktanam, satatam, tesham satati yuktanam, bhajatam. Bhajatam means that uh, they're worshiping uh, with their hearts. So there's a process for worshiping God given in the Srimad Bhagavatam, which uh, starts with hearing. So the first thing is to hear, to, to listen to authorized sources of knowledge about God. And we don't need to, to do much more than that to learn everything we need to know. In fact, that's something Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. Maya sakta mana parta yogam yunjan marashaya asamshayam samagramam yata gyasyasita shinu. Which means that if, thank you, if you just listen to this very carefully, like you've all been doing your whole lives, then you get you come to know everything if you just listen. Maya sakta. And he says, how should you listen? With your mind attached. <laughs> you should be really attached to it. So that's important because sometimes, as we were saying before, as I was saying before, people often think the spiritual life means to become detached from everything but here we find in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says you should become attached. Your mind should be attached to what? Hearing. Shrinu means hear. 
and Tashrinu. Mayasakta manaparta yogam yunjan marashraya ashamshayam. Without any doubt, he said. Samagramam yata gasasi tashrinu. You'll come to know everything necessary if you listen with an attached mind. So this verse, now, Tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam priti purvakam, appears uh, here in this book, and you'll find that there's a lot of cross-referencing in the, these famous books on bhakti. So each book will, uh, the, the author and commentators will quote from other books. So uh, in this, we find the Bhagavad Gita, to those who are constantly devoted to serving me with love, I give the understanding by which they can come to me. And uh, Gita Priya, could you please read the pur purport? Uh, this verse of the Bhagavad Gita 10.10 .10 clearly states how Govind Govindadeva instructs his bona fide devotee. Um, the Lord declares that by enlightenment in theistic knowledge, he awards attachment for him to those who constantly engage in his transcendental loving service. This awakening of divine... He's just... Uh, the Lord declares that by enlightenment in theistic knowledge, enlightenment in theistic knowledge, that's powerful, isn't it? By enlightenment in theistic knowledge, that you could add that to your repertoire, he awards attachment for him to those who constantly engage in his transcendental levels. So there's an award. It's, it's a, a great day to celebrate when you notice that you've developed an attachment for it. And it's, it's an award that one achieves. Yes. This awakening of divine consciousness enthralls a devotee who thus relishes his eternal transcendental mellow. Such an awakening is awarded only to those convinced by devotional service um, about the transcendental nature of the personality of Godhead. They know that the supreme truth, the all-spiritual and all-powerful person, is one without a second and has fully transcendental senses. He is the fountainhead of all emanations. Such pure devotees, always merged in knowledge of Krishna and absorbed in Krishna consciousness, exchange thoughts and realizations as great scientists exchange their views and discuss the results of their research in scientific academies. Now, read that last sentence again, but do it with more a little more drama like you're on a stage and you're presenting to a huge uh, uh, auditorium okay. such pure devotees always merged in knowledge of krishna and absorbed in krishna consciousness exchange thoughts and realizations as great scientists exchange exchange their views and discuss the results of their research in scientific academies very good But do it one more time with even a little more drama. <laughs> Such pure devotees always merged in knowledge of Krishna and absorbed in Krishna consciousness, exchanged thoughts and realizations as great scientists exchanged their views and discussed the results of their research in scientific academies. Bara, which was the best version? One, two, or three? Three. Okay. Such exchanges of thoughts in regard to Krishna give pleasure to the Lord, who therefore favors such devotees with all enlightenment. See? If, 
if you uh, take part in an assembly where there are these kinds of discussions going on and the purpose is to understand the source of everything, then there's a way in which God, who's within our hearts, enlightens us, enlightens all the participants with transcendental knowledge and awareness of who that source is. Because with our senses, because we're infinitesimal, we cannot understand the Supreme. However, he has the right to reveal himself to whomever he chooses. That's the meaning of being infinite. The infant can always choose to reveal himself to the infinitesimal. And these are the circumstances under which he does it. When one comes together and discusses, like scientists exchanging their views and discussing the results of their research in scientific academies, just like that. I think that was the, the, the point you were making. Okay, so we'll just take one more. Yes, one, two. So, uh, Pavni Bhakti and I were talking. Uh, so, she brought out the point that, you know, um, uh, we should read the first nine chapter in order to go to the tenth. And also, I remember that he mentioned, Prabhupada mentioned that it should not be read like haphazardly, um, like an ordinary book. So, we have to go systematically. And eventually, our discussion where we were glorifying Srila Prabhupada that the preface itself is so, um, you know, impressive and how... He's a scholar, he's genius, but he's really empowered. We can make out just by reading this. So that's what the conclusion was. Yeah, don't be haphazard. What's the word? Where does it come from? It's kind of interesting word. Haphazard. From our research team. Haphazard is an adjective. It means lacking any obvious principle of organization. <laughs> Sounds like me. Okay. That's it? Where does it come from? Etymoline. Um, it's uh, from the 1670s. And um, it just says, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. It just says English, so. Um, the late 16th century. Half That's it? And half, That's what Adam Line says? Or, uh, yeah, it says that. So half means chance and luck. Half means chance. And then hazard is risk or danger. Okay, haphazard. That's a good word. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Okay, there was one more. Uh, I was speaking with Kameshwari Mataji, and uh, our point was similar to what uh, Shamalangi Mataji said about reading the, all the cantos in order. And Mataji was sharing that it's not an ordinary thing to realize God, because many people know God, but 
to be able to realize god by reading the nine cantos is not an ordinary achievement certainly not it's extraordinary but we're equipped for it the shrimad bhagavatam itself says nridaha madyam sulabham sudulabham blavam sukalpam gurkarnadaram mayana kulin and abasvateritam who can give the last line go ahead Yes, say it again. Puman Bhavadin. Puman Bhavadin. Just put the verse up, please. This verse says that the human body is a boat and its, it's potential is to go across the ocean of the material world. The ocean of the material world means that it's an ocean of birth and death, and it's fraught with miseries. We're stranded in the middle of the ocean. Nobody can swim across the ocean. And grabbing onto the tail of a dog, hoping the dog will take you across, that doesn't work either. So that's compared to making one's own solutions here in the world. So this tells how to use the boat. Nri means human, deham means body. Ajam sulabam sudulabam. So uh, it's a, f a source of all favorable results and it's very rarely achieved, the human body. You know, at the time when you leave this body, you can say, I'd like to sign up for another human body, but it's not guaranteed. It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll think it over. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You might go to sleep as a man, wake up as a dog. Plavam sukalpam gurukarnadaravan means that uh, it's a boat, the body's a boat, and then what you need is a guru as a captain. And then you need favorable breezes, mayan kulin and abasvateritam, means that you get the favorable breezes from here in Srimad Bhagavatam. And then puman bhavabdim nataretsa maha. If you don't take advantage uh, when you have the opportunity, then you're known to be an atmaha. It means you're killing yourself because you ignored the opportunity or you passed on it so you didn't take advantage. So we should use uh, the human boat, organized life in such a way that we can have the favorable breezes all the time and also have a captain. Make sure that you have good guidance and then you can cross over the ocean of the material world. Does that sound like a good idea? Yes. Please say yes. yes. It's an excellent idea. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to read a tiny bit more and then we're going to break for the Guru Puja, uh, the founder Acharya Puja, in just a moment. But I want us to hear the first verse of the Bhagavatam, the second canto. The verse is, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So, Om. Om means, O oh my Lord. 
Namaha means my respectful obeisances unto you. Bhagavate, unto the personality of Godhead, Vasudevaya, unto Lord Krishna, the son of Vasudev. O my Lord, translation, O my Lord, the all-pervading personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. Purport. Vasudevaya means to Krishna, the son of Vasudev. Since by chanting the name of Krishna, Vasudev, one can achieve all the good results of charity, austerity, and penances, it is to be understood that by the chanting of this mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, the author or the speaker or any one of the readers of Srimad Bhagavatam is offering respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Lord Krishna, the reservoir of all pleasure. In the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the principles of creation are described. And thus, the first canto may be called creation. Similarly, in the second canto, the post-creation cosmic manifestation is described. The different planetary systems are described in the second canto as different parts of the universal body of the Lord. For this reason, the second canto may be called the cosmic manifestation. There are ten chapters in the second canto, and in these ten chapters, the purpose of Srimad Bhagavatam and the different symptoms of this purpose are narrated. The first chapter describes the glories of chanting, and it hints at the process by which the neophyte devotees may perform meditation on the universal form of the Lord. In the first verse, Shukadeva Goswami replies to the question of Maharaj Prikshit, who asked him about one's duties at the point of death. Maharaj Prikshit was glad to receive Shukadeva Goswami, and he was proud of being a descendant of Arjuna, the intimate friend of Krishna. Personally, he was very humble and meek, and he expressed his gladness that Lord Krishna was very kind to his grandfathers, the sons of Pandu, especially his own grandfather, Arjuna. And because Lord Krishna was always pleased with Maharaj Prikshit's family, at the verge of Maharaj Prikshit's death, Maharaj Prikshit's death, Shukadeva Goswami was sent to help him in the process of self-realization. Maharaj Prikshit was a devotee of Lord Krishna from his childhood, so he had natural affection for Krishna. Shukadeva Goswami could understand this devotion. Therefore, he welcomed the questions about the king's duty. Because the king hinted that worship of Lord Krishna is the ultimate function of every living entity, Shukadeva Goswami welcomed the suggestion and said, because you have raised questions about Krishna, your question is most glorious. The translation of the first verse is as follows. So, th this opening scene is uh, full of the devotion of the Srimad Bhagavatam because it's mentioning already the personal nature of the relationship that a living entity has with God, there's a tendency for those who take up a spiritual process to speculate and think that because my relationships in this material world are temporary and oftentimes painful, even in the best of circumstances. I remember when my parents were, became elderly and um, then my father died first 
and then we're having some kind of a uh, um, a gathering, you know, in his honor. And uh, they made a poster of my father, and it said, "We had a good run." In other words, <laughs> there was this idea that, like, well, we really went for it, and they did too. I mean, they, you know. On, in many different fields, they, they really went for it, but it's like they had a good, I, we had a good run, but the idea was, and then, you know, it was over. <laughs> so even in the best of circumstances, and you do your very best in the material world, you had a good run, and then it's over. Uh, so you have to s start again. And so one might think that because material relationships are temporary and they may be uh, troublesome, they are troublesome because there's a beginning and an end, or they may be, there may be a kind of uh, acerbic nature to one's relationship that's painful to the heart. So then one might think that actually spiritual life means there's no person, no personal relationships. There's no personality, in fact. But this is. Um, refuted in the Srimad Bhagavatam, that because we have personality, we can't be more than our original source. Our original source has to be fully cognizant and also have personality. And it's also mentioned here how Parikshit Maharaj was devoted to Krishna from his very birth. And this is a great advantage if someone can be born into an environment where they feel uh, inclined towards Krishna. They grew up with him. They uh, know the, the feelings that are there when one is singing his names and having uh, association with his devotees and so forth. But even if one hasn't had this, anyone can pick up that spirit at any time in his or her life by association with those who have it and also by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam in their association. And this is very important because we understand uh, Krishna ultimately by through our loving devotion. And that is not something that can be developed intellectually, although it helps to fortify one's intelligence through understanding the logic behind there being a God. For instance, it's not logical to be an atheist because if you are, you say there's no God, then that means you just contradicted yourself because you would have to be omniscient to know that. That means you're God. So there are various arguments like that throughout the, these wisdom literatures, the Srimad Bhagavatam. However, there's a heartfulness that develops in association with those like Parikshit Maharaj who just love Krishna. And if we hear about them and we understand that there's a personal relationship and somehow or other we catch it, just like you can catch things from people. We understand that principle nowadays. That, that, so we want to catch that spirit of devotion and that mood of, of devotion between uh, Preekshit Maharaj and Shukadev Goswami. And it can be done in the association of devotees then one's life becomes productive. Because when the heart is addicted to matter, then it becomes like matter. And it's hard. So our natural state, as mentioned here, is to love Krishna 
as the natural state of water is liquidity, fluidity. So sometimes it comes into an unnatural state where it freezes and it becomes hard. So we're naturally devoted to Krishna. Our hearts naturally go to him. But right now, because of association with uh, television, our hearts are now frozen. If you listen to TV, your heart will freeze. You can tell that to the kids. Um, or Instagram. It'll freeze your heart. And then your heart becomes frozen, and it's very difficult to, uh, for the heart to flow to Krishna. So uh, we can regularly hear the Srimad Bhagavatam, and during the Kartik, or running up to Kartik, I'm going to do some extra sessions. Whether you can come or not, I, I don't know, because they're at all different odd times, because my schedule's so full of different meetings that are happening here, there, and everywhere. We tried to jam them in every possible place we could. Normally, we'd be off to Govardhan and just be free to hear and chant all day long. But now we're realizing that that's a rare opportunity. You don't always get it. And by the way, you could tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I've been saying for many years, don't take books for granted because it's not guaranteed that you can always get everything you want. Haven't I been saying that? Somebody verify? How many, have I said it more than once? Many times. And just now there's a supply chain kerfuffle going on in the world where it's very difficult to get books and it could get worse. And so of, there's that. And then there's the opportunity to hear the books. May say, I'll do it later. But you might not get that either. I was thinking that because right now, due to certain world circumstances, it's been a little troublesome going out to the same place where we usually go. Back to the point. We're going to be having some extra hearing and chanting sessions here, there, and everywhere to TBA to be announced. And if you can come, fine. And if you can't, they'll be uh, online. And if you can't do that, they'll be recorded. But uh, I'm I'm thinking about reading the second canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam because it's so nice. There's a lot of previous points in here, but I got to fill it in a little bit more. Can't mark everything, then you can't find anything because they're all marked. So, thank you everybody for coming and uh, spending the morning here hearing chanting. There's a little bit more. We're going to have a special ceremony right now. In our organization, we have a, um, a worship service for uh, the Vaishnav, the devotee, who started the organization and who's a pure devotee. His only intention is to serve Krishna. And therefore, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, it's mentioned that to offer homage to such a person actually augments one's own sense of devotion one's heart so we have this next program where we're going to sing a song in bengali that venerates the uh, founder of our organization ac bhaktivedanta swami Prabhupada, who we see sitting here on this ornate seat which by the way is called the seat of vyas vyas is the one we've been talking about whose son is shukadev goswami and who brought us the srimad bhagavatam so the reason he sits on that seat is because he's representing 
uh, Vyas. Just as if a viceroy, we don't have viceroys, do we, in this country? If the vice president goes to another country, everyone treats him like the president. And which may not be good these days, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you're supposed to offer <laughs> some special respect to, uh, you know, like a king or a leader. But if it's a representative of the king, you also give them the same seat. Just as if the representative of, I don't know, Sony, is Sony still a thing? Sony Pictures comes here, uh, then we will honor him and ask him to make a few movies for us. As, so that's how, why we're going to do this next program. Thank you very much, everybody. Hare Krishna. Let's thank all the devotees who joined us online from various places around the world. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.